1: Star Wars 7x7, episode 2119. Today, we continue our look at the first of three story arcs that involve Darth Maul and his, for all intents and purposes, resurrection after getting cut in half by Obi Wan in The Phantom Menace. Punch it. Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. Today, we are looking at Revenge, which is the final episode from Season 4 of The Clone Wars, Episode 22, if you're keeping score at home. And we know from the previous episode, brothers, that Darth Maul has been located by Savage Opress. Now, in the beginning of this episode, Savage has taken Darth Maul to Dathomir because that's where Mother Talzin told him to bring Maul once he was found. But obviously, Maul is not in any shape to help anyone, good or bad. In fact, he's so nuts right now that he's repeating nursery rhyme crazy stuff. Anyway, Mother Talzin puts an end to all that with a whole bunch of magics stuff. And that's with a K at the end of it. Well, KS. But you know what I mean. And it's really amazing to watch the process that she puts Maul through. Which, you know, first knocking him out. And then with all the stuff swirling around, she has this like cloud of green mist near his head and she's like reaching in through that, shield almost and pulling out all this like black gunk black dust black you know mist oil whatever you want to call it but it's really amazing to watch and also during this process he's losing his cybernetic spider body which is causing a lot of screaming and because of the fact that There are all sorts of trashed battle droids around. Somehow she uses the parts of that to give him new cybernetic legs that actually make him look more, I guess, uh, Dathomiri or Zebrakian or whichever word we'd want to use. In other words, bipedal. Let's put it that way. And once that's done, once he has been reconstructed and his mind has been cleaned up, He didn't have access to the majority of his memory apparently, but this certainly helped uncloud him, if you will. At that point, Maul gets to test out his new legs, which are a bit wobbly, but it comes pretty fast. Mother Towson just up and disappears like she was never there in the first place. And after Maul runs a bit and tests his agility and then screams like bloody murder (laughs) after all of that, He has a moment of, I guess you would call it, introspection with Savage, and Savage brings him up to speed on a couple of things, and the implication of it is actually kind of fascinating. Here, let's hear it directly from Maul and Savage. My hatred kept my spirit intact, even
0: though my body was not. Yet I was lost and became a rabid animal, and such is how you found me, brother discarded, forgotten. I have missed so much the force feels out of balance Yes, there is conflict the Clone Wars Oh, yes, so it began without me. So
1: here's the thing about that particular sentiment about the Clone Wars, and it started without him. This suggests that Darth Sidious actually revealed enough of his master plan to Darth Maul that Maul knew about the Clone Wars, that this was apparently one of the pieces in the giant puzzle, the long game that Palpatine Sidious had been planning in order to gain control of the galaxy. It kind of gives you the potential for a what-if moment if Darth Maul had actually survived the events of the Phantom Menace. Well, yes, we know he did survive the events of the Phantom Menace, but what I mean by that is if he had gotten away, if he hadn't been apparently killed Would he have been the one that Sidious tapped to lead the breaking up of the Republic and launching the Confederacy of Independent Systems? It certainly seems like it's a possibility that he could have been being groomed for that. Ultimately, where he gets to is pretty impressive and we'll talk about you know the heights to which he rises in future episodes but for now with a clear memory and a desire for revenge or at least as he says that's a good place to start he goes to a planet called Raidonia and slaughters a bunch of innocent people sends a message to the Jedi Temple saying Obi-Wan Kenobi's gotta come here and face me alone or I'm gonna burn down this whole planet and Obi-Wan says well I guess I gotta go Mace Windu doesn't want him to go alone at least and Yoda says yeah against my better judgment I think he does but after he leaves he says to Mace Windu ah yeah trust the force he's not going to be alone so the fact that Yoda didn't bother to tell Obi-Wan that I think is kind of interesting that certainly gives Obi-Wan the notion that he has to be in a frame of mind to handle this on his own and also doesn't, you know, allow him to anticipate the possibility of help. But Yoda doesn't want to even put that in his brain, even though Yoda is certainly suspecting it. And naturally it happens, because on Tatooine in the infamous cantina, yes, that cantina, where we saw Toro Calican in The Mandalorian. yeah, <laughs> And of course Han and Chewie in A New Hope, right? In that same cantina, a bunch of bounty hunters are looking at possible targets, and Savage Opress comes up for a million credits, but there's only one bounty hunter who can handle that, and that is Asajj Ventress, who is now a bounty hunter for all intents and purposes, and she decides to go try and get a line on Savage. Well, he, of course, is on Raidonia along with Maul, and when Obi-Wan first meets Maul, I don't know if this is just gamesmanship or if Obi-Wan is actually just trying to confirm what seems to be impossible, the possibility that Maul is alive. And so they have this exchange.
0: Jedi, I have been waiting for you. I'm not sure I've made your acquaintance. I am surprised you could have forgotten me so easily after I killed your master, and you left me for dead on Naboo. It is you. You may have forgotten me, but I will never forget you. You cannot imagine the depths I would go to to stay alive, fueled by my singular hatred for you.
1: Now, I suppose Obi-Wan could have made a point of saying, uh, no, I do remember you, actually, but I don't know what good it would have (laughs) done him anyway. And he was already outnumbered with Savage and didn't know it, and so the two of them beat him up and throw him into their ship. They're about to take off and beat him up, torture him until they kill him, but Asajj Ventress arrives just in time to sneak aboard the ship and cause all sorts of chaos. Unfortunately for Obi-Wan and Asajj, they cannot handle Maul and Savage. In fact, at one point, Obi-Wan says, we're overmatched, and the plan is instead to get to the cockpit and launch it like a uh, makeshift escape pod, basically. I don't think it's intended to be an escape pod directly, but it serves As that, and this is also the part where Obi Wan first learns not to mess with bad guys who have metal legs. Right? He had a hard time of that with General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith, but he has a really bad time with a cybernetically legged Maul in this episode. Maul just kicks the living daylights out of him, and. Yeah, he's gotta have, like, broken ribs, bruised internal organs. It's just, it's not good. But despite getting overmatched and getting thoroughly worked over, as I said, Kenobi and Asajj manage to escape. Maul and Savage discuss the ramifications of this, and Maul says, Ah, you know, I can be patient for a little while longer. I've waited this long, and... That is pretty much where we end the season of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Season four ends like this. And the final story in the arc is the beginning of season five. It's kind of fascinating in its way. And I'll talk about that in the next episode when we talk about revival, which is season five, episode one of The Clone Wars. But we'll get to that in due time for today That is going to do it for this Clone Wars briefing and for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you, wherever in the world you may be